Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. And I want to welcome all of you to our experience of the 12 Conditions of a Miracle. And we have been studying this book for the last three weeks, and we're on week four of the 12 Conditions of a Miracle. And today's week, our focus is on maximizing. And um, I, I love this topic because I feel like it's something that is really easy for all of us to do. It's so practical. It's so metaphysical. And I, I just think I'm really interested in this whole Miracle Academy idea of what we can do to, to create miracles in our lives. And I think this one is one of the easiest things that we can do. So I'd like to go over the last couple of weeks, just so you can have a brief overview. If you weren't here, uh, the first week we talked about miracles and how they begin with emptiness. So if you release things in your life and you are opening yourself to the flow and you meditate, you are creating emptiness in your life. That's the first activation that you can use. The second activation you can use is alignment. Miracles are created with alignment. So if you align yourself with a greater good, then the current of the universe can take you into the direction that you'd like to head. The third one is ask for what you want in order for the miracle to happen. So you need to ask in order to receive. And the fourth one is maximize. So maximize the use of what gifts you already have. Basically, if you learn to work with what you have, then more will be given to you. So that is my first point today, is that if you learn to work with what you have, more will be given to you. And in the, in the book, he talks about the parable of the talents. And he doesn't actually call it the parable of the talents in the book. However, I'm, I'm quite familiar with his Bible verse, the parable of the talents. And it says in the Bible, in the book of Matthew, verses, um, verse, chapter 13, verse number 12, it says, For whoever has will be given more. And they will have an abundance. And whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken from them. Now, I don't know about you, but the first time I heard this Bible verse, I thought it was pretty messed up. I thought it was like, <laughs> that's not cool. You mean people who have, they just get more. And people who have not, they just don't get any more. Like, that's really messed up. Uh, but then I... I learned about the parable, the story behind it, the meaning behind it. So it's basically, the, let me tell you the story. The story is about a man. He goes on a journey and he's got these three servants. And the, the reason why it's called the parable of the talents, by the way, is because a talent is basically in ancient times, it was like a lot of money. <laughs> so like it was a certain amount of money, you know, like if we had like a hundred dollar bill or a thousand dollar bill or something like that. So just think of a talent as a, an essence of a nice, a nice chunk of money. 
right? So this man goes on a trip and he wanted to entrust his gold, his talents to his servants. And so he gave one of them the five bags of his talents. Two of them, he gave two, or the, the second service he gave to, servant, he gave two bags. And the first, the other one, he gave one bag. And then he went on his journey. And the man with the five bags of gold or talents, he went at once and he, would, he decided to put this money to work. He put it in circulation, he invested it, and lo and behold, he got five bags more. And the one with two bags of gold ended up getting two bags more. Now, the one with one bag of gold kind of freaked out about having so much money. And so what he decided to do is bury the gold and, and make sure it was safe. So when he, when the, when the master came back, the master said, well, what have you done? How have you, how have you entrusted this money that I have given to you? And, uh, and actually it was a test of stewardship. And the first one said, well, you gave me five bags of gold, and yet I have gained five more bags of gold. And the second one said, well, you gave me two bags of gold, and I have an additional two for you. And so the first two servants basically said, I have faith in the universe. They kept, they, they invested the money, they put it into circulation, they maximized the money's potential, and they doubled what they had. And so th for the first two servants, the master was like, hey, great job. You, you've done an incredible job. And because you, you understand the principle of the universe, I am going to put you in charge of a lot of things. I'm very happy with you. Basically, you pass the test. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you even more because you have shown your faith and trust in the universe. I'm gonna trust you with more. And then the one who had one bag of gold said, you know, I was pretty worried and I was freaking out and I was scared and um, I didn't wanna lose your money. So I just decided to bury it. And so here's the gold that you gave me, I'm giving it back to you. And, Unfortunately, the last servant acted out of fear. He saw only lack and he fa failed to see the money's potential in growing, in growth. He didn't expand it. He didn't multiply what he already had. And he wasn't a reliable steward of the money. And so the master took away what he had given him. So that's the story. It's, it, it's not... You know, it's not like, oh, wow, you're, this is terrible. You're a terrible person. It wasn't that. It was, it was about each individual's faith in the universe and utilizing what they have and maximizing its potential. So that's what this story is about. In the book, Todd Michael, the author of The uh, 12 Conditions of a Miracle, he says, a miracle worker always see that sees that supply exists before him or her as a perfect beginning. 
the miracle worker always uses the supply in hand to the very maximum. So again, if you learn to work with what you have, more will be given to you. So that brings us to this whole parable that this book is based on, the parable of the loaves and fishes. And every week, this uh, Todd Michael goes week by week through this parable and um, in the story in the Bible. And he, and he compares the story and, and unearths what the message is underneath it. And so the, the sentence that he bases this, this condition of a miracle on is, um, it, it says this, it says, but say to him, which they're talking about Jesus, uh, not, not we have here, it's a five loaves and two fish. And Jesus, however, said, bear them to me here. So give them to me. So basically they're saying, you know, the disciples come up and say, eh, all we got is, is, you know, five loaves and two fish. That's all we got. And Jesus is like, that's all we need. We start with what we have. So that's the point is you start with what you have. You begin with what you have and you maximize what you have. So one of the next points that I want to talk about is that form follows thought. And Todd Michael says, like attracts like. If you focus your attention on what you have, your consciousness will attract more. And if you focus on what you lack, you will attract more lack. Positive or negative, whatever you emphasize in, the, in consciousness always expands. So your thoughts, they can be a, a catalyst for self-perpetuating cycles. So what you think directly influences how you feel and how you behave. So if you think you're a failure, you'll feel like a failure, you'll act like a failure, which reinforces, reinforces your belief that you must be a failure. Or if you focus on lack 98% of the time, and then you come to a, a spiritual center and they talk about affirmations and you're like, oh, I'll try affirmations out. And then 2% of your time you spend on affirmations, then in your life, you'll have 98% lacking and 2% not. So really thinking about where are you putting your time and how are you focusing your intention? Because whatever you're thinking about and you're expanding in your life. So the best thing to do right now is to focus on what you currently have and see it as perfect. You know, you got five loaves and two fish. <laughs> you, or, you know, you got $10 in your bank account, right? <laughs> whatever you have, focus on it and see it as perfect. Be grateful for what you currently have and appreciate it. I love the word appreciate because it's also a financial term. Like what we appreciate, like what we have gratitude for, appreciates. It grows, right? So what we appreciate, appreciates. So I want to encourage you to, to challenge your beliefs and figure out if you have some beliefs that are not serving you. Like if you think you're a failure, you think you're not good enough, start doing things that make you feel worthy. If you've labeled yourself as, you know, um, 
like too wimpy to step out of your comfort zone, right? Maybe force yourself to do something uncomfortable. Prove to yourself that that that's not the truth of you, and especially if it, it's uncomfortable. I mean, anything that you're going to do that's not your norm, that's not your current behavior or pattern is going to feel uncomfortable. So I would encourage you to, to step into the idea that even thinking positive or doing things that are like self-care can be uncomfortable at first. But that doesn't mean you don't deserve it, you aren't worthy. I mean, it means that it's just a behavior that you're shifting. And the truth of who you are is absolutely that you're worthy, you're valuable, and that you are a sacred and holy expression of the divine. Henry Ford said that whether you think you can or you think you cannot, you're right. In other words, what you think is what you get. So that's why it's really critical that you know what's going on in your head, that you understand your, your thoughts. You, you like pay attention to what you're drawing into your life. Pay attention to um, if you are experiencing an overwhelmingly um, challenging and difficult things, or if you're starting to notice that you have a smooth and easy life. Now, a lot of, I have to say, when I first got into this teaching, I had many friends that were like, this isn't, this is, this is BS, right? Like when's this, when's the other shoe going to drop? When, when is like, all these people seem so happy. They're having such great lives. Like what, what is going on? And maybe it's, it's good to think about how long have you been having that idea that there has to be something wrong here? And, and start looking at the idea that maybe everything that's happening is a benefit for your good. See, I've seen, um, I've seen people in really what we would consider in America poor conditions, right? No, no running water, uh, you know, very little electricity, and yet deeply happy and thriving people. And I've seen people who are millionaires driving really great cars, deeply unhappy. So in the end, it's really not the outside conditions. It's our inside experience of those conditions. So the idea about us experiencing miracles is that what if we can get to the place that where we're at right now is a blessing. Whatever's going on, it's a blessing. I, I am in the process, I think I've shared with you before, I'm in the process of dreaming up, putting the intention out, uh, getting, uh, interviewing real estate agents to, to purchase a house. And I had purchased a house uh, 14, 14 years ago, I think it was. Um, and the, the house, um, it, I was very, um, I'll just say uneducated. I, I made some not so good choices in the house that I picked and uh, the neighborhood was really terrible. Uh, and it was uh, it basically, I bought at the height of the market, the market crashed, I bought just in 2007, just before it crashed in 2008. And the, the end result is I had to let my house go through a short sale. 
Um, and it's taken me a really long time to, to clean up my credit. And I'm finally to a place where I can, I can purchase a house again. And I was just thinking about the other day and I was really upset about like what happened. I was feeling very victimized <laughs> about this, this house uh, that I had before, which I did love the house, but I didn't love the neighborhood. Um, and I started realizing that I was creating an experience in my head of being a victim. And I was, and here I'm reading this book, right? About like, what do I have? And what's the blessing in it? Like, what can I look at and see the blessing in what I have? And, and really it was me seeing the blessing in what I used to have. But honestly, that house, uh, because of all of the things that sort of happened with it, uh, it, it ended up that I think that releasing that house and surrendering it gave me a sense of freedom that I would not have had. And that sense of freedom, I think, led me to starting my own center. And I believe that starting my own center led me to having the qualifications to apply for this job that I applied for as the Associate Minister at Center for Spirits Living Seattle. And I am currently in this, this amazing job that I love and adore and in a spot where I get to buy a house and in a place where instead of uh, just picking any real estate agent that says, I'll be your agent, <laughs> I'm now empowered to, to be choosing amongst the best of the best agents that I, um, I am so fortunate. And, I, and honestly, it's, it's because of that house that I'm at where I'm at now. And I had to, you know, just two nights ago, I had to say, I have to pay attention to the blessings and I, and I need to not be so angry and let that go because I'm so happy where I'm at right now. I'm so happy. And um, so, so the, the way that you're going to activate your fourth condition, right? Maximizing your condition is, is, are you maximizing what you already have? So if you're experiencing lack, you may be taking what you have for granted. What are, what are you taking for granted? Uh, and, and see what supply currently exists. Look into your closets, your attics, your basement, your garage. Find what has been entrusted to you by the universe and is just laying dormant. Focus on what you have. Make sure that you're seeing everything that you have and using it to the maximum. See, one thing that I had was a deep gratitude for my current place where I'm at. And I, I needed to actually take that to my past because I was trying to bring my, my, my past anger into my present and, and I don't deserve that <laughs> because I deserve to be in a place where I'm absolutely happy all the time. And so I let go of that experience of my, my former house as if it were a victimization. And I realized it is absolutely empowering me right here, right now. And I'm using this time to, to clean out, which is part of our emptying, right? Clean out those things that no longer serve me and look at if there's anything that I have that I can utilize, right? Are there ideas, are there people, are there um, networks? right? That I can utilize. And so what's been entrusted with you and your, that's, that's laying dormant right now. 
And the last thing is look at your intangible resources. Have you maximized the use of these profound gifts? Are you maximizing your skills? Are you maximizing your health? Are you maximizing your knowledge or your creativity? And last but not least, are you maximizing your generosity? So those are the questions I have for you. I encourage you to, to step into this realm of maximizing what you have, putting it into circulation so it can expand and grow and the miraculous can happen. And that's what I have for you today. And I'm complete and so it is. <laughs>